Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome back for another episode of The Untamed Life. My name is Christine Jewell. Always excited to be here. And today is story time. Today, I just feel like I started to write this post earlier and I was like, oh man, I need to share this story about my lessons from Italy. I had this epic trip in 2016 that did not go as expected as all um, at all. And so today I want to I want to share a personal story about the ruins of our past. You know, um, I'll get into this story in a minute, but I just want to start for all of you who feel like you are <laughs> you have a past where there's a bunch of ruins, a bunch of rubble a bunch of ashes or whatever, just remembering this, that the ruins of our past tell great stories, right? They tell great stories, stories that we choose to either repeat um, or stories that we choose to rewrite and build new again, rebuild, but new stories. I want the future to be new stories. So I just want to like preface this whole thing by, you know, yes, we know that history tends to repeat itself. And if we don't learn from our own history, our own personal interest history, our own personal inner journeys, inner rubbles, inner ruins, inner empires that have risen and fallen, no one will save us from the inevitable, right? As a society, if we don't learn from history, no one, no thing, no government, no anything outside of us is going to save us from the inedible, inevitable, which is that all great empires eventually fall because they get so what overconfident, filled with pride, arrogant, thinking that they are what is it, invincible, right? That they can control and coerce and force and manipulate and have ultimate power and control over over the people, over the situation. And isn't that just a reflection of our own inner world on a much grander scale, right? It's like a teenager who's rebelling and thinks that no one knows better than them. No one knows anything. And it's just like pure force. Eventually, that falls. Eventually it crumbles, right? The self inside self-destructs. And I just want to say, you know, I'm in a really in a season where I am, oh, I've had so many ruins and so many rubbles. And it's going to get lighter here in a sec as I tell this really funny and eye-opening story from Italy. But I just want to encourage all of us, number one, who feel like what is going on in our world right now, 
We are starting to see the crumbling of the old on a massive scale. More and more people are waking up, recognizing these old systems that had gotten so big that felt like empires that couldn't be overtaken are crumbling and grasping for control, right? And it's the same thing as our inner self, our inner ego, our flesh. It's it's clawing and and struggling to hold on to the old and control and, and maintain old ways of doing. But like anything in life, evolution is inevitable, inevitable, you know, moving on transformation is inevitable. And so when we resist the process, we resist the change and we don't shift into, you know, what is it going to look like to step into the new, to embody the new, to renew instead of just repeat the past. This is where we end up with a lot of suffering. We end up rewriting history over and over and over again, repeating our past mistakes over and over and over again. And it is the fool's way. The fool's way is to repeat the past. The definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and not getting a different result. It's insanity. And yet we keep going. And I mean, I want to really break this down because how many of us are still repeating the same thing, how we run our calendars, how we show up at home, right? The same shit, different day, expecting a different outcome. And it happens on a micro scale and it's happening on a macro scale. Until we get this and we realize, I choose the wise man's path. I choose the path of the unknown, the path of rewriting a story, rebuilding anew, anew from the ashes of the past. I will forever be repeating the past. And repeating it means burning it down most of the time and rebuilding the same shit (laughs) that we had experienced. Um, Personally, I don't choose to play that way. So I want to share... Um, a personal story. And by the way, I'm sharing this from the heart because, you know, I've said this many times, like I was a hundred percent, like when you feel, when you grow up in a war zone, (laughs) when you grow up in a war zone, you're not afraid of fights. You're not afraid of fighting. You're not afraid of doing battle. It's like, yeah, I'm built for this, right? I'm built for battle. I'm built for fighting. I'm built for perseverance. I'm built for like trying again and trying again and trying to fix this. And it can be this like wild, crazy, addictive cycle where we think, well, if we just try harder, if we just push harder, if we just force things harder, we will overcome (laughs) this thing that we're dealing with, this battle that we're facing, the inner battle, the battle in our relationship, the battle with our body, the battle with the government. If we just push hard enough or force hard enough, and you know, isn't it interesting? A lot of us are programmed that way, right? We're fighters at heart, warriors at heart. And I'm really just, I've been deeply convicted to really shift the way I fight, to fight for something noble, something more meaningful, something sustainable and life-giving instead of fighting against that which seems like a threat all the time, right? When we fight against that which seems like a threat all the time, we stay in this loop of building and crashing empires, right? And whatever that empire is for you, right? It could be a business that you're building. It could be your family empire, your kingdom, your micro kingdom, and the the larger scale empires around us, our communities and the government and the world and the countries that we're in. So I want to you know, just start there with with coming back to the fact that I definitely was 
very familiar with growing up in a war zone. I've shared that many times. I didn't grow up in an actual war zone, but my house felt very much like a war zone much of the time. My nervous system was on high alert. I was ready to fight. I was ready to fight, you know, to overcome. And I thought, I really believed for a long time that the way a relationship works is you fight, you fight for it. And and I had a distorted view of what it meant to fight for the relationship. I thought that you had to actually fight. You know, you fought your partner, you fought, you fought. Things had to be hard. They had to be difficult. And I believed that philosophy that relationships are hard. You have to overcome all of these obstacles and you have to do a lot of battle with your spouse, with your partner in order to get to the good stuff. And what ended up happening is my mer- my paradigm, my reality, my philosophy for so many years is, yeah, I'm going to fight you so that we can eventually get to this beautiful, you know, I don't know, world on the other side. Somehow, you know, by the time we cut each other down enough or destroy each other enough, then all of a sudden we're going to rise as these amazing, I don't know, amazing lovers together. Like, I really believe that. And And that may be true for some people, but I believe you get to that place when you completely destroy what was the old and you have no choice but to rebuild from the ashes, to rebuild from the rubble, to completely go, you know what? Oh, we are just, have we fully exhausted ourselves? There's nothing else left there. We're going to create a whole new relationship. We're going to build a completely new business. We're going to completely start over. And if we're not careful, we quickly start to rebuild what we just destroyed, what we're quickly self-destructed in the past. If we're not radically aware, if we're not radically taking ownership, creating from a different level of consciousness. So I want to backtrack, you know, 2016 was a pivotal year for me. I had just come out. It was August 2016. And I remember having booked this trip to Italy. I had booked this trip to Italy. It was sort of like the pivotal, I don't know, it was like this epic pivotal moment for me, Um, not only as an entrepreneur to be able to say, I'm going to be able to walk away from my business for a full month. I want to take my mom I want to take the kids and I just want to go to Italy and I want to play. And it was like this incredible reward for me, right? To, to go and to just spend time. And I remember having busted my ass for years. And this was sort of like the, ah, you know, moment that I just knew I had worked so hard for. And it happened to be my 40th birthday. So you guys are doing the math 2016. I'm level 45 right now. I just hit level 45. But I I was looking forward to this so much and it was so important and so monumental to me. It was like, it meant so much, you know, it meant that I was successful enough to, you know, have the money to go and take my whole family on a trip. It meant that I was able to walk away. I'd created something that I could walk away from the business for a month and it would still function and operate and grow without me. It meant so much to me. Um, to my self-worth. And, you know, I had so much meaning wrapped up in this trip. And uh, I remember at the time, my ex and I had, you know, been cycling in this crazy, toxic, up and down relationship cycle for eight years. We had like hot, cold, emotionally unavailable, lots of clashes, you know, uh, I would say a lot of passion and no respect. So it was very volatile for a long time. And I remember thinking, it's my 40th birthday, like for sure, (laughs) this man's going to come 
you know, he's going to be there with me and my family. And um, anyhow, it one thing led to another. He did not. He told me he wasn't going to come to Italy. Instead, he was going to take his kids to Whistler for a mountain biking weekend, whatever festival. And he had his own reasons, you know. Um, but I just took that extremely hard. And I that ended up being the end of that relationship, um, at least for a while. And I, I was like, fuck it, excuse my language, but I'm going and I'm going to have the best time. And in true Christine fashion, the way I used to do things was like, fuck it then. You know, I don't need you. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do my thing. It's going to be amazing. I booked this incredible villa, incredible villa in Tuscany. When I tell you it was amazing, it was amazing. Um, I booked this incredible villa. I invited all of my family in Italy to come. I have a lot of family there. You guys, I grew up there. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have this family reunion and I'm going to, you know, create this experience for everyone where we just get to come and hang out and play. So I booked this villa. I had rented a road bike because I was a big cyclist. I'm like, I'm going to ride. I'm going to have this villa. You know, I'm going to create all this epic content. I brought my laptop. I had this vision of how this trip was going to go down, right? I had like so many things planned. I planned the whole thing. Spend the first three days in Rome with my kids, show them where I grew up, do all the things, and then go. And so off we go to Italy, you know, and huh, I had so many plans of how this trip was going to go, right? I was like, fine, I'm going to cut the cord from the old. I'm going to just create, create, create. And isn't it funny? You guys, I've said this before. I said this in the last episode. I am like a fire element. I am a firecracker, you know? And when I make a decision to do something, I never go halfway. I go all in. And so I was like, I'm going all in on this. I'm going to create. And it's funny because I said this when I went to Sedona last year and it was like, God says, yeah, you're not going to do that. That's not actually what's going to happen. It's so funny how we have our own plans and then God has his plan for what we're going to do during that time and what this trip is actually about. Well, needless to say, all my plans went to hell in a handbasket. Here's what actually happened. Here's how it actually went down. I wanted to go there to get healing, restoration, renewal, and connection. That was what I truly desired. And I had my own view of what that was going to look like, right? I had it all planned out. And um, what a joke. The joke was on me. <laughs> so we land in Italy. We land in Rome, spend a couple days in Rome. Everything's amazing. You know, we're doing our thing. Take the kids to the Vatican. Take them to all the fountains. Take them to where I grew up. All of the things. Um, gosh, that's a whole other story in itself. And then on day three, day three of our month-long holiday in Italy, we're going to travel to Tuscany to go to this amazing villa. And so, of course, in true Christine fashion, because Christine never loves to take the typical road, right? Christine likes to take the road less traveled. She likes doesn't want to get on the highway with everyone else. She wants to take the, the seaside winding road, you know, and stop by all the little villages and explore all the things, because that's how I roll. I love detours. Oh, I love detours. And <laughs> I should know by now, if I love detours, be prepared for the detour. So we end up, I forget what little uh, seaside village it was in, but we hop out of the car. We have this um, we have this SUV. We've got seven suitcases in there, five laptops. You know, we've got all the stuff in there. 
And we hop out at this seaside village to just hang on the beach for a minute, grab some fried calamari. So I grab my camera. I've got literally a bathing suit on, you guys. Kids have their bathing suits and cover-ups on. We leave everything in the car, lock it up. We're parked right next to the police station in a public parking lot. I'm like, shit, we're good. We go have lunch. Kids play in the water for a bit, take some awesome pictures. And we walk back to the car. And Grayson looks at the car first and says, is that our car? And I looked at it and I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's not our car (laughs) because it can't be our car. The windows were smashed in and I got closer and I said, oh my God, that is our car and everything in it is gone. I looked in and every single thing was gone. What was left on the seats was shattered glass and there was not a thing in sight. Not one suitcase, not one laptop, not one iPad. Of course, you're wondering who on earth leaves their shit in their car like that, right? I totally asked for it, but I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm parked in a parking lot next to the police station. It's a public paid parking lot. I feel like I'm pretty safe. It's wide open. Like this isn't some tucked away thing, right? This is like wide open for everyone to see. (laughs) And so... Needless to say, we got robbed. We got robbed. I had everything in there. My money, our passports, our laptops, everything. I had my phone on me, no charger, the chargers, everything got stolen. The villa that we were supposed to rent wanted me to pay cash in euro when I got there. So I had all the cash in euro, thousands of euro in an envelope stash tucked up in the seat. Like I had hidden it up in the seat, you know, not out in plain day, gone, gone. Everything was gone. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what are we going to do? It was about five or six, maybe five o'clock. I still had a few hours to drive to Tuscany. I was like, oh my gosh. So I go in the police station. I've, I, the guy sitting there with his feet up on the desk, just looking at me like, hey, how can I help you? And I tell him the story and it's kind of like, oh, oh yeah, that happens around here. And he has me file a report and that's it. I'm like, that's it. That's it what, you know, he's like, you're going to have to go to the consulate. You're going to have to get new passports. We'll let you know if we hear anything, but pretty much your SOL. So I am like, okay, this guy helps me tape up the windows because now there's broken glass anywhere. So I go buy some plastic and masking tape and I'm masking up the window. By the way, if any of you know, or have ever traveled to Europe, Italy specifically in the middle of August, it is hot, hot, hot there. It's hot. It's humid. It's miserable in the middle of August in a car with plastic windows and no air conditioning and no windows that got up and down. So I've got these taped up plastic windows, brushed the glass off the seats. We're driving to Tuscany. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get to the villa. Once we get there, I'm going to settle the kids down. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I will handle it. I will start making phone calls, whatever. I did not have a charger, so I'm watching the battery on my phone slowly go down. By the way, if any of you have ever been in Tuscany driving around, you know what the road signs are like. They're pretty much non-existent. You know what the lighting is like. It's pretty much non-existent. 
You're driving forever through winding little borgos, little villages where there's no light, there's no signs, there's really anywhere to stop. It's very rustic, <laughs> right? It's very rustic. So I am watching the ticker on my phone go down, the battery life, and I'm like, I'm lost. I have no idea where I am. The kids have been crying. My mom is nervous. Like, And I'm like trying to keep everyone calm. And I finally pull into the parking lot or the driveway, this beautiful long driveway of this amazing house that I rented. And it's about 8.30 or 9, so it's dark by now. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. I just made it here. I can just, like, you know what that feeling is when you're like, I almost just want to cry. I'm so glad this is over. So I call the owner of the Airbnb And I text her and I said, hey, I'm here. I'm here. You know, we're at the house. We're ready to to get in. And she's like, oh, okay. She acted really confused. And I'm like, well, there's another car in the driveway. So I didn't know if this was like a duplex I didn't know about. Like what was maybe somebody was inside getting something ready. And she says, hold on a second. My husband's going to come right there. So this woman's amazing husband comes up the driveway and parks. And by now it's like close to nine and it's dark and I have no cell phone. And he says to me, Christina, um, I'm so sorry. You rented the house for August, 2017, not 2016. And I was like, what, (laughs) what? I have literally been texting you and calling, like conversing with you about this rental. And he's like, yeah, but your, your, your dates say 2017. We've been fully booked out for like three months. And I had booked this, by the way, remember how I told you I booked it. I was like, oh, I just got lucky. I got this house. Needless to say, I booked the house for 2017. So here we are. I forget the exact date, but it's August 2016, and every single thing in August in Italy is booked. I am telling you, you guys, that is high season. The minute he said that to me, I had my epic breakdown in the driveway. (laughs) I had my epic breakdown. I just started bawling. I'm just going to admit it. I was ugly crying. I was ugly bawling. My mom was upset. The kids were crying, and I was like, I don't even know where to go. I, what am I going to do? I have no money. I have no chargers. I have no passports. I literally, all the money that I was going to bring to, to, to pay for this house has been stolen. In Italy, you need passports to stay in hotels, which they were booked anyway. And so he says, you know what? Just follow me. Follow me. I'm going to make some phone calls for you. So this man takes me to a friend's place who is like a pizza owner, buys me and the kids a pizza. I'm literally sitting there. Find, somebody gave me their phone charger to charge my phone in the corner of the restaurant. The kids were eating pizza. And by the way, to this day, they're like, that was the best pizza we ever ate in our life. And I'm like, because the contrast was so great, you know, of the crazy shit moment that so here we are in this pizza place, pizza joint. It's late at night. Thank God Italians eat at like nine or 10 at night. This place was open. 
And this man is making phone calls. He's literally calling on all of his friends to call on all of their friends to see who has a room for this woman and her three kids and her seven-year-old mother who are all here. And now I feel responsible for them. And oh, by the way, they have no money and they have no ID and they have no things, um, no clothes, nothing. Um, and I just want to say, like, it's amazing how humans come through in, in those kind of moments. Um, but what ended up happening is he found someone who knew someone who had a room for a night. <sighs> and then he found someone who knew someone who had an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment that, you know, hadn't been used in a while, but but would be sufficient <laughs> to let people sleep in there. So I'm going to tell you guys, that night we stayed we found someone who had a hotel that had one room for us that allowed us to stay without ID just as a huge favor. And we were in this room and it was this like old medieval, you know, room and a bed and breakfast. And I remember we were all like three of us or four of us were in one king bed crying. My, my son's little blankie was stolen. His teddy bear was stolen. He was crying. I had my eldest on the sofa on the other end of the room. Like we were all sobbing ourselves to sleep that night. And yet I knew I'm like, all right, here we go. Adventure time. Well, the next few days, I think we stayed for four or five days in this Borgo. If those of you who don't know what a Borgo is, it's an old medieval village that maybe has a residency of like a hundred people that live there. Um, and somebody had access to an apartment, let's call it. What it was is a medieval tower, a medieval tower that had two rooms in it and a kitchen and stuff. And, and he said, you know, you can stay here. I used to rent this out back in the 80s. And literally, you guys, if you're listening, this tower was exactly, it was like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> we go there and he swings open the doors and these big wooden doors creak open. And it's like the spider webs and the cobwebs are just like flying and dust is flying. The furniture is covered. And I walk in there and I'm like, that nobody has been in this place since 1986. 1986. This is 2016. 30 years. This place <laughs> was empty. So we had a hell of a time laughing our asses off and doing the best that we had. We were washing the dishes in the kitchen. We were, you know, literally like throwing stuff on the bed. I went to go get you know, sheets that were barred to put them on this bed just to cover everything. We had the windows open. We slept in this tower for like three or four days. We were close to Siena. And uh, just so I could go into town and get the kids some clothes, lucky for me, I had one credit card that I'd stashed in my bathing suit breast, you know, like top. So I got everybody enough clothes to fit one duffel bag. And that's what we did. We we washed clothes in the sink at night. We hung them up to dry. Everybody got three changes of clothes in Siena. And I started the process of getting our shit back together, right? Like looking at the consulate, making appointments, and also just being like, screw it. Here we are. I'm not going home. We have a month here. We're going to we're going to make this fun. We are going to have fun in this great adventure. And all our plans went out the window. But what ended up per, like coming out of that was none of us had technology. So the kids were playing. They played, they got, to, they were running around this medieval village. They discovered a swimming pool. They were picking figs off the patio. We were laughing in this 
tower telling stories and writing at night, writing our own versions of the stories in the kitchen. Everybody wrote their version. It's funny how everyone has a different version of what happened. And then after that, you know, we stayed in Siena for a few days and we started to sort of like, okay, this is cool. We can go with it. And, you know, I ended up traveling from there to Southern Italy to go visit one of my cousins who lives outside of Naples or just in Naples. So we got to hang with her for a few days and we ended up spending a few days on the Amalfi Coast. Those of you who haven't been there, it's a, a beautiful, magnificent place. Took the kids in the caves and, um, you know, then we went further south and we we went to Palinuro, which is another beautiful place, a sea, you know, a seaside kind of vacation spot for locals, um, not popular, but we just did so many things. We just packed light. We had only what was essential and we just kept moving from village to village and from one place to another, a few days here, a few days there. None of it was planned. Everything was on the fly. And it was, a, you know, we were there because we had to wait anyways for emergency passports to come to us. We had to wait anyways for my ex-husband to sign paperwork saying that I could get emergency passports. And we were really in this great adventure um, and we were in it together. And I didn't create shit during that month for my business. What I created was memories with my kids. I was there. I was fully there with them. And you know, I remember at one point during the trip, my ex, I think it was the day that we were celebrating my 40th birthday. My ex called me and said, yeah, he was, he was in Whistler and the whole time he was there. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I did this thing, whatever. And, uh, it turns out he invited, he invited his ex-wife to go, <laughs> his ex-wife to go to Whistler with him and the kids. So the day that I'm celebrating my 40th birthday and he tells me this, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like I was so pissed and I was so angry. And at the same time, I was like, I am so not repeating the past. I am here. I am building something new. I am creating something different. I'm never going back to that old life, never going back to that old life. And, you know, it takes these moments of excruciating pain sometimes and anger and things totally not going according to our plans and, you know, for us to get exactly what we need and what we truly wanted, but it never comes in the package that we wanted it to come. Because what I wanted was, you know, we go there, we all go together, we try to rebuild the relationship. You know, I create all this epic stuff for my business and it was a lot of force. I was operating from a lot of force, trying to make things work trying to make things work out according to my own plan, according to my own ways, according to my own ideas. And what I really craved, what I truly craved was something completely different with me and the kids, more connection, more intimacy, a radical awakening of my heart, the opportunity for me to finally say no more. You know, it takes a lot for us to get to the point that there's a catalyst that gets us to say, you know what? No more. I will not tolerate that for one more second. That does not get to be my reality for one more minute. And um, what I really wanted was to have the strength and the confidence and the clarity for me to get to that powerful, decisive moment that says it gets to be something completely different. I ain't ever going back. And that's what was required. So that trip was one of the most 
mem- that is the most memorable trips I've ever had with my children. They talk about it to this day. They talk, we talk about it around the dinner table. We laugh about it. They tell everyone about it when people come to our house and we share stories. It's always about that wild trip. So much more came out of that trip that I haven't even shared, but you know, it was a trip of all the things, eating all the carbs, drinking the coffee, drinking the wine, you know, playing together. We didn't have technology. At one point, I remember the ki- overhearing the kids in the bathroom. They were like, man, we have nothing to do except for hang out with each other. And it was true. They were laughing. They were playing. They were fighting. They were doing all the things, but they had nothing to do except for play with each other because they didn't have those stupid phones attached to them 24-7. It was the most intimate trip we've ever had for my mom and I. My mom turned 70 that year. She was She's an identical twin, so we got to celebrate. That was my gift to her was to take her there so that she could celebrate that trip with her sister. And I'm telling you, that trip was a trip of a lifetime. It opened my eyes to so many things and I got exactly what I needed. A completely uh, an opportunity to just drop radical, <laughs> the need to control every moment and know that I have no ability to control any of this right now. And every time I thought I could control the next, the next situation or the next outcome, it was like, oh yeah, you know that too. You don't get to control that. And it was like, joke is on you, Christine. You have zero control right now over anything. You just got to go with the flow, love. And I got something even better for you. I got something even better and you're going to get exactly what you wanted and you're going to get exactly what you needed, but I'm giving it to you in a different package. And, and that was really the first, I would say, let me call it the first adoption of this new way of being where I really chose to lean in to this as not only just a trip or an adventure that I went on once with my kids or once for my 40th birthday in Italy, but to adopt this as a way of being and living. And it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took a couple of years. The next three or four years were really years of shaping and me releasing the old, I, I, I let go of things hard. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I had my fingers still and there was areas where I leaned into a big time, like my relationships and my health. And there was areas where I was still holding on to the grips of control, like my business and money, because you know, those things are so like, we have so much security, false sense of security around that. But what was funny is eventually, you know, the business I built over 10 years, that got to go away. God called me into a new place, into a new season, into a new level of leadership. The body, the way I was working, doing my workouts, you know, training my body as an athlete, double workouts, push, 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 force, 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 that got to go away. I got to create a new relationship with my body. And, you know, the old dies hard sometimes, right? The old dies hard. But what I love about this story and I love about this process is that if we're willing to really embrace it as an adventure and we are really willing to, instead of sit there and go, oh my God, the old has been stripped from me. I've been robbed, right? I've been robbed. I could have easily gone and sat my ass in Rome and sat there asking every day the consulate, is it here yet? Where is it going on? When is it happening? How are things happening? How, when, how, when? Instead, I said, fuck it. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not getting on the plane and going back. I'm going to enjoy the unknown. I'm going to enjoy 
this adventure. And loves, I'm telling you, this has been how I have adopted my relationship, the rebuilding of the new from the ashes. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I'm going to love myself today and I'm going to lean into the great adventure with the body. Fuck it. I'm not going back to training my body those old ways, the ways that hurt my body, the ways that broke my body down. Fuck it. I'm going to lean into this and explore what this new way looks like. So I just want to, I want to stop there for a second and I want to just bring it back to where we started that, you know, The ruins of our past tell great stories, don't they? They're great stories. We sit around the table and we tell great stories about the trip and being robbed and like not, you know, the place that we thought we had, you know, and everyone was coming to, I had to call and tell my whole family, don't come, don't come. You can't come. Family reunion is off. You know, the, the ruin of the past relationship, how I was so ashamed and so embarrassed and I felt so rejected they tell great stories. They tell stories that I can either repeat and I can relive them day in and day out in the next relationship, in the next vacation, in the next season, next quarter of the business. As humanity, we're being called to create something new. Many people are trying to cling on to the old. The ruins of the past, my loves, tell great stories. All empires eventually fall. They self-destruct because of their own identities, their own means, their own ways of force. We could choose to repeat the past or we can choose to rebuild something new, something different, something more beautiful from the ashes, from the ruins, from what feels like nothing, something beautiful emerges. I call this the womb. In that void, if you're willing to relax and just go with it and lean into what your heart is being lit up by, you know, I was leaning in to like, oh my gosh, let's just go check this out. You know, no plans. Let's go check out this. Let's go to, let's get on that boat and let's go to Positano. Let's go to Amalfi. Let's get into the caves. Let's play in Palinuro. Where do we want to go today? It was like, you wake up and you're like, where does my heart want to go today? And so much beauty comes out of that way of living. You guys, when we try to repeat the past over and over again, and by harder, by doing it harder, by forcing it a little bit more, that's fool's play. That's foolish. That's a foolish man's way. Slowly repeating, self-destructing, tearing everything down over and over and over again, instead of allowing things to unfold, to evolve, and staying really grounded in what? What are we here to consciously create? What are we here that we desire more of as individuals, as couples, as families, as men and women, as communities, as nations? What do we desire to lean into? We are evolving as humanity is crying out for a new system, a more beautiful aligned system that is life-giving instead of life-sucking. We need new definitions of what it means to love, to lead, to support, what what high-performance performance means. For God's sake, what? who are we performing for? What does that even mean anymore? It's time we start questioning the old ways, the old definitions of what it means to be a successful business owner, what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a great father and a great mother. Does it still mean that your kids are getting great grades and they're towing the line and they're doing what you told them to do? Or does it mean that we've taught them how to think for themselves? We've taught them to tap into their gifts and their genius. We've equipped them 
to be able to follow their heart, you know, unwaveringly. What does it mean to be a great parent in this new world? We're living by some old shitty definitions. And we've got a lot of quote unquote adults running around. As as one of my old mentors, Paul Check, said, you know, we've got a lot of adults running around with the consciousness of a 12-year-old because they have so much unresolved trauma and pain and issues from their past. And you guys, our unresolved shit, our unresolved pain, our unresolved trauma ends up being the legacy that our children bear. The legacy that our children bear. We're giving them our cross to carry. We are here. Your shit is your shit. Your pain is your pain. It's our pain. But it's time we go within. We heal the wounds of the past. We pick up from the ashes and we choose to be part of this solution of the new instead of just passing that shit onto our kids so we can keep rebuilding these empires that crumble because we're rebuilding them in old ways. I want to finish by saying this. I want to share this African proverb. I know you've heard this, but it is so true. A child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down just to feel its warmth. A child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. And I just want to start with that because how much of us, how much of our drive is because we are trying to move away from rejection, pain, abandonment, right? Wounds of the past, not being seen, not being heard, not being loved enough, not being wanted enough. And we are in this striving and pushing and forcing. Eventually, we will burn down the very thing we want so badly just to feel its warmth. You guys, let that land because we are at this point right now in humanity. We're seeing it. And uh, there's a great call to rise. There's a great call to rise. I just want to end there. I want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Remember that if you are on this planet at this time in history, it is no mistake. It is no mistake that you are right here, right now. And true evolution, true change happens. The new happens when we decide to be here now to be present, to get intentional. And we can't get intentional if we're not present. We can't be present if we're distracted and running around and reacting to all these games of the past. We can't be present if we are reacting to the pains and the shadows and the triggers of the past. If we want to be present, it means we slow down. We slow down enough to observe what is actually going on. What adventure am I being called into? I can fight and I can kick and I can scream and I can force, but what we force eventually breaks. Every great empire has fallen. I'm personally here to start to create from a very life-giving place, one that multiplies life, one that amplifies and edifies other people, their gifts, my relationships. And I am calling you as men and women to rise with me. This is how we impact the world. This is how we create a ripple effect. The revolution starts within each of us. I don't know, maybe you have your own trip to Italy story. That was just one of many ways that I've been broken down. 
But that was one that really lands for me. And I think about it often. I laugh about it. I thank God for that every day that I went through what I went through and that I am equipped. I am equipped for the great adventure. And so are you. So remember, loves, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Thank you for being here. If you guys are loving the show, if you're loving the content, if this stuff is resonating with you, please, please take a minute right now. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you go check this show out. Share it with a friend. Leave a review. This stuff matters. This is my voice, you know, but you can be part of carrying the voice, carrying the message forward. This is how we become the ripple effect, right? Every single person that adds and amplifies makes that little ripple effect into a tidal wave, right? We choose what we create. Please take a minute to share this, to review this. If you guys are not already in the Warriors of the Heart Facebook group, I'd love to see you there. And last but not least, you guys, I am here as a warrior of the heart, as a queen, as a daughter of the Almighty. We are being called to do great things. We are being called to do great things. So if you are leaning into a season where you know your heart is restless, you are being called to a new level of leadership, a new type of warrior, a new type of lover, you guys fill out the readiness factor assessment in the show notes. It will tell you, are you positioned to receive? Are you positioned to sustain and receive? what you what it is you truly desire what god is calling you to for a limited time you also have access to get on the phone with someone on my team and unpack that readiness assessment so make sure you check out that tool in the show notes until next time my loves here is to leading uh, uh the untamed life the untamed life the only life that you were created for we'll see you in the next episode Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors. Here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.